You're listening to episode 23 of Daughters on Fire with your host, Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In today's episode, I'm bringing you another special guest, Bethany Thompson, who is a registered dietitian, amazing human being, and a guru when it comes to what you put into your body. We're going to be tackling the subject of insomnia. And while she's going to give you some amazing value bombs when it comes to tackling you know, not being able to get to sleep at night, this will not put you to sleep. So stay tuned as we find out how we can better care for ourselves, get a good night's sleep, and also help those that we care for, those loved ones that we're caring for who are also suffering with insomnia. So this is a double dose of help, and I know you're going to enjoy it. So stay tuned. Are you stressed? burned out and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. All right, welcome back today. I am so excited to introduce two daughters on fire, Bethany Thompson. Bethany is a wife, a mom, a farmer, and a registered dietitian nutritionist. She has extensive education and training in nutrition and wellness with a clinical focus, which I love about Bethany. She is not just going to talk to us today about, you know, tips on a diet. She has like the uh, the deep information. She she dives deep when she brings you content. So a lot of value bombs from Bethany. <laughs> she founded Ingrain Nutrition Therapy in 2016, and she helps naturally minded individuals create personalized nutrition and lifestyle plans to address the root cause of their chronic health conditions so that they can live and enjoy life to the fullest. I love that, Bethany, and I'm so glad you're here today. We've talked, and, um, and we're going to dive deep on the topic of insomnia. Mm-hmm. So Bethany and I had talked before, um, you know, this, this episode, of course, but because we were brainstorming on what topics we could bring um, from her to you about caregiving specifically. And insomnia mm-hmm. is such an interesting topic because not only is it so pertinent and important for the caregiver, but also for the people that you are caring for. So whether it's just an older adult frail individual or somebody that is suffering and dealing with dementia, insomnia can plague both of those issues. And a lot of times we say, oh, I can't sleep. It's par for the course as a caregiver. But, um, and and I don't know how to deal with it, so I'm just going to live with it. But not only is that not true, there are solutions. Bethany's going to share those with us today. But Mm -hmm. it's also dangerous. So um, you're going to also dive into that. So welcome to the show, Bethany. I'm so glad you're here. Please fill in any blanks um, in your bio, which I know is super extensive and impressive. And I did not even scratch the surface. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and and just jump right in. I'm so excited about this topic today. Well, thank you, Melissa. I am excited to be here. I love listening to your podcast. I usually listen while I'm walk and I've, I've 
told Melissa this before, I usually listen to podcasts on like one and a half to two speed just so I can get in as much information as possible. So usually when I hear her, it's twice the rate of her speech. So it's really interesting when we, when we see each other on screen when it's slowed down a little bit. Um, I, but I gotta I, do that just to see what yeah, I sound like. It is. It's always is it funny. Like a squirrel or anything? <laughs> now, that'd be like four times the speed, I okay. think. So. <laughs> um, but I am a caregiver as well. That's why I've loved listening to this. And I know I'm going into a different stage in my life. Um, I have four children, 11 and under right now. So I've been on the mom caregiving side of things, but also entering to a stage with some family members who have some cognitive impairment and know that I'm going to be facing some major caregiving roles. Um, and I'm already in the beginning stages of that and feeling the pressure for the past few years just to make sure health is optimal, needs are met, and that type of thing. So I, I know the weight that it can be um, on me personally, but I also have a lot of women who come to my practice. Um, I work primarily with women and mostly women who are about in their 40s through uh, mid-60s who are coming to me with their, their age is starting to feel like it's catching up with them. They feel like their bodies are betraying them. Things are falling apart. Um, kids have usually just left the nest and they finally have time to think about what's going on with their body. And um, sometimes they've just passed menopause or they're kind of going through that. And sleep is one of the major concerns that people realize after we start talking, because most of the time that people come to me, they start talking about maybe they've got a lot of bowel issues we need to work on or they come to me because they want to lose weight and it's just been really difficult to lose weight and that's what they are focused on but then as we start talking and kind of teasing things out and looking at their life story sleep really rises at the surface when they're like well yeah I mean I'm gonna get maybe four to five hours of sleep or I can go to sleep but I can't stay asleep I don't feel rested and that type of thing and usually that's one of the cornerstones that we work on before I even really work on food um, is working on getting good sleep in order because as you alluded to earlier, Melissa, having a sleep deficit can be dangerous and not just even in the fact of, okay, not sleeping is going to make you more prone to having driving accidents. Um, but also from a health standpoint, when we sleep, our body is cleansing itself. It's the time for housekeeping. When we're, when we're asleep, um, the liver's doing its job. Our immune system is constantly surveying cells. Are they good? Or are they bad? Like, should we toss them? Should we keep them? Should we fight against it? Um, and so there's a lot happening in our body, even when we feel like we're not doing anything. So when we don't have that going on, our risk of Alzheimer's disease significantly increases with um, lack of sleep and lack of deep sleep too. Risk of cancer significantly increases. Um, increased anxiety and an overall mortality rate, increased of cardiovascular disease events, which we know for women is a, a huge thing, even though we don't talk about it as much, um, increased risk of high blood pressure and diabetes with decreased sleep. So a lot of health risk. And we as women don't often take care of ourselves first. We take care of everybody else. I spend a lot of time researching health issues for my husband and children and family members. Usually I'm not the first person who gets taken care of. And I know that's true with so many women. So um, when we focus on sleep, we do a lot more than just help ourselves feel energetic in the morning. It's nice to feel energetic, but there's a lot more benefit to that. So that's where I'll dive in a little bit more today. 
Yeah, I love that, Bethany. And I am actually really surprised already at this powerful information because the fact that you said you focus on sleep sometimes before you focus on diet. Uh-huh. That is powerful right there of yes. how important sleep is. Sometimes it's, it's, it should be prioritized that high up as also what you're putting into your body. Um, that surprises me. Yes. So I have uh, something call, I call the seven foundations of a sustainably wholesome lifestyle. It's a nice long phrase, but I love having diagrams. And so on my dining room table, when clients come to me, they'll see that it kind of looks like a target. And I have the seven foundations of what we talk about when it comes to health. But right at the center of that is rest. And so sleep is a huge component of rest. Not, not the only component. Um, we talk about a lot of other things related to rest, but for certain and uh, for sure, sleep. Um, so if we are not sleeping as much as we need to, what do we go to first? Caffeine often, mm-hmm. like, cause mm-hmm. we don't have that energy. We're going to have to jumpstart things. Um, and then if we can't sleep also at the other end of things to wind down, a lot of people reach for alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's kind of two pronged effect, like wind her up and shut her down. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more and more we depend upon these, the more effects it can have upon our health also. Um, so we also don't have as much impulse control um, when we feel like we haven't slept. We're also going to reach for a lot more carb-laden things or the things the body says, hey, I need this for some really quick energy, so we reach for sugar, often sugar with caffeine together, right? Like a nice mm-hmm. Starbucks mocha frappuccino latte thing. Um, so <laughs> it's just – it's like these four or five – components of or maybe not four or five but these different aspects that we have to lean on instead of just having a good sustained night of sleep it's like Um, a domino effect or a snowball effect yes exactly exactly um and so already if we don't sleep sleep we're at a higher risk of heart disease diabetes and that kind of thing but then you throw in the things like the alcohol which depletes some good vitamins it um, messes with our gut health and then increased sugar intake just to get some quick energy is going to lead to increased blood glucose. So it's just this vicious cycle that we can't get off of sometimes. Um, does does um, resetting sleep help break that? Or And you, you'll probably dive deeper into that, but I'm already yeah. curious about that. Yeah, I, it really does. One of the things that sleep, a good sleep helps affect is our cortisol levels. And cortisol is our, it's not a bad stress hormone, but too much of it's kind of like a raging forest fire. We need it more in just a certain amount. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the kind of hormone that can lead to having more of like the muffin top effect, which none of us love having that Mm -hmm. Um, more visceral fat, fat around the abdomen. Um, And that's just our body's way of protecting ourselves. But um, so yes, absolutely. Increase improving our sleep makes us more, we don't need the quick energy and as as much. Um, and I think we don't have to, we don't have to rely upon outside stimulants to keep us awake and that type of thing. So, um, and some of, some of what I have to address in order for us to have a good night's sleep, maybe like I'm going to take caffeine for instance, which is the most available street drug in America. Mm. Some people are more sensitive to caffeine's effects than others. Some people think they're not as sensitive though, but, um, I usually approach from the fact of we don't know quite how your body handles caffeine or I don't. So let's do a little bit of some experimentation. First of all, I don't have anybody go off caffeine cold turkey because that can be a problem as well. Um, It can be a shock to the system. So um, I say let's limit caffeine to start with. Let's not have it um, after noon. So after 12 p.m., avoid your coffee. And then, um, not that you can't have caffeine in the morning, but let's start with that and see if it helps. Because caffeine can hang out in the system for anywhere between 9 to 12 hours. 
eight to 12 hours. So some people it's going to, they're going to metabolize it more slowly. It's going to stick around in the system and really keep them awake. Even when they don't realize it, they're like, well, I just had a, I had a Coke or a coffee or Frappuccino at noon. It shouldn't affect me. Well, it may affect you if you're trying to go to bed, um, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, which is a great time to go to bed, then it still may be in your system and, and help you not kind of be able to wind down. Mm. So that's one thing we may do is just let's put a time limit on it first. And then we may explore some different things that we may could do. Like could we substitute a little bit of green tea, which is not as stimulating, but it still has some caffeine in there also can help balance some of our neurotransmitters out. Um, so that's enough about caffeine. I know people don't, don't like talking about caffeine, but it don't is one take of the things. caffeine away, right? <laughs> take it away from me. I even have some dietitian colleagues who are like, you won't be able to pry caffeine out of my dead cold hands. Um, <laughs> but once I've worked even personally on taking caffeine out and I've um, done some testing with food chemicals and, and foods that are causing more inflammation in my body, I actually know that caffeine can make me feel very jittery, particularly if it comes from coffee and anxious. I can feel very, very anxious. So even small amounts can affect me if it's not from like a tea or a, a chocolate source. Some people can do better with some sources of caffeine and not others. So it's good to experiment, but I'd like to think about where can we get a natural source energy is going to be one of those things. But also some of the nutrients that impact our sleep are also the ones that give us more energy. So our B vitamin family, they all work together, but our B vitamins are like riboflavin, thiamine, niacin, B6, B12, folate. Those all work in concert with each other. And a lot of them help our body make those neurotransmitters or those messengers that help our body um, go to sleep or kind of feel like we have a landing gear. Like serotonin is one of those, it's like our airplane landing gear that helps us calm down and, and just um, mellow out a little bit more. Um, so without enough B vitamins, we're not going to feel as energized in the morning, but we also may not be able to go to sleep as well at night and have a deep sleep. So sometimes we bring in some of those uh, great B vitamin supplements in the morning to help us um, feel energy in the morning versus having to rely upon caffeine. Um, one of the other things that people tend to skip is hydration and having enough good, pure water. So we think we're tired and we mm. reach for the caffeine, but we actually just may be kind of subclinically dehydrated. Maybe we won't have to end up in an emergency room and need an IV, but we really don't have enough water in our system. And we're just, our body is chronically stressed because of that. I even found people can have joint pain and back pain that they think is just normal. And when we start working on things, it's like, actually, you know, we're not drinking enough water. And after mm. we work on incrementally increasing that, what would be important for us as caregivers, but also for our, uh, the people we're taking care of to have enough hydration, um, then they feel better. They're like, Oh, I feel clearer and I have more energy and our body can, it's not, we don't have that thick, sticky, sludgy blood from high blood sugar and that kind of thing. And we can get energy to ourselves. So you're making yeah, me thirsty absolutely. right now. I'm going to take a drink at the moment. Yes. Yes. Me too. So, um, I've often heard that if you think you're hungry, also hydrate. So exactly. it's, it, this is fascinating too, because you're saying that dehydration, thirst can mimic a lot of other issues. It can Absolutely. manifest as, oh, you feel drowsy or you feel hungry, mm -hmm. which if you, so hydrating can tackle or at least maybe help those two issues yes. right off the bat. That's yes. awesome. 
Absolutely. And so my kids are probably get annoyed with me. Mom, I'm, I'm tired. Well, go drink some water. Or mom, my head, my head hurts. I think I have a headache. Go drink some water and come back to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or I'm bored. Go drink some water. Usually that's my, my panacea for anything. But a lot of times it is the case that we haven't had enough fluid. Um, and, and it's so simple to remedy it that. It is. It is. And people think they're drinking enough. But when we start doing um, like a water inventory and they start thinking through the day, so maybe they've had three cups of water and the rest of it's carbonated, um, caffeinated fluid or coffee, and they really just aren't drinking that much water. What do you so. think about carbonated water? So no, no like sugar in it, no caffeine mm-hmm. in it. It's just carbonated. Like LaCroix that has a little bit of yes. natural yeah. flavor, that kind of thing. I think that can work for some fun ways to get in water if you really have a hard time. Um, I don't think that should be the only way that you get your water in because we can have the influence of, of leaching minerals out of those cans, particularly if you get in a can or plastic mm. bottles, it comes mm-hmm. from the plastic. So we get the hormonal influences of like BPA and BP, whatever the alphabet soup is, or aluminum, which can affect our, our brain as well. So I think it's kind of like a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Well, a can of that or a bottle of that a day may be all right. But I really and that's better than like, Yeah, absolutely. That's better than a diet. So it's great if we're kind of trying to wean ourselves and get off of a crutch of needing that fizzy drink. Um, It also can be a problem for people who have more um, digestive issues anyway, like bloating and that type of thing. You're having a lot of carbonation. It can be just make you feel more full and uncomfortable. But I think it's a fun thing. I don't think it's a complete substitute for good pure water or herbal teas. I don't think you have to have it plain water. Um, I love to have some lemon in there, orange slices or basil or frozen strawberries. If you need to make it fun, make it fun. Um, some people like it cold. Some people like it room temp. You need to find how water works for you. Um, I like I like drinking hot water with some things in it a lot of times in the wintertime because I don't like feeling cold. So I think finding a way that works for you. And then one of the things that made a big difference for my family is buying a great water filtration system. We use a Berkey filtration. And I um, in our show notes, I'll have some links for you, some of my favorite things to mm, use. That would be fantastic. But the taste of that water is so clean and pure that I can drink that, whereas I could not drink water straight out of our tap. We have a like a high concentration of chlorine here in our water and a lot of other tastes that just bother me. Um, but the Berkey water is so clean and pure. When people come by my house and drink it, they're like, oh, this is such good water. And funny about her having a taste. I digress, so, but I think that's an important thing. And Berkey water, I, I think I've looked into that before. You can get like that system like from Amazon or something. It's not like some like hard to It's not hard to get. I order through their website particularly. I don't know okay. if they sell Berkey on Amazon or not. It's much different than a Brita pitcher, though. They're filtering out a lot of the, the hormones, the heavy metals that come in things. We have a fluoride filter on ours. Um, and you only have to replace the filters like once or twice a year. It depends on how many times or how much you fill. We go through a lot of water at our house because I have four children. Um, but And I cook with it. But you don't have to change it out as many times. So it's different. It's not hard to get, and it's not like a full house filtration. We just fill, fill up ours with sink water. Um, so, so it's kind of like a, a, a pitcher or yes. it's not like you're saying it has to be attached to anything. Right. You put the water in it. Exactly, yes. It's much different than having to in, install a filtration system in a house, which can be or an under sink mount or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So if you have room on your counter for it, they have some different sizes. Then it, it can usually work for many different uh, needs versus, yeah, it's not very difficult. Thankfully, or I wouldn't Great. do it. <laughs> and, and we will have that link. So check out the show notes if you want to 
look into this. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've been running a little short. So whenever I see them in stock these days, I tell people like, hey, go ahead and get your Berkey because I think everybody is doing that versus buying bottled, or a lot of people are doing that versus buying bottled water because there's been a shortage of that with um, the current COVID situation. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it feels, maybe it's funny to bring up hydration along with sleep, but um, I will, one last thing to remember, if you're trying to increase your water watch it like after dinner, not drinking your water much past that time because you don't have to be getting up to go to the restroom. So if you're working in your water and take start first thing in the morning with a, a big glass of water, great thing to do versus waiting to the end of the day and then stockpiling all your water then. So that's also a good tip before the caregivers for their loved ones. So, mm -hmm. um, so you're saying like if, if somebody is helping somebody try to sleep through the night who has dementia or incontinence, Yes. And you say drink your last really good glass of water around dinner time and then mm -hmm. try not to for the rest of the evening? And maybe just drink to thirst the rest of the evening. So okay. it, some studies say it takes about 90 minutes for fluid to process through our body. Some people will notice that maybe it's quicker for them or it's a little bit longer. Um, but if, if, if insomnia is a major problem, you don't want to add the burden of you know, drinking on your, top, and yeah, urgency, urinating right. on top of that. Um, so we know that a lot of people, elderly people just don't drink enough because they're afraid they're going to have incontinence. And so that's, mm -hmm. that's a problem in itself that we won't be able to get into today very much, but starting earlier in the day when people have more energy to even get up and use the restroom is an option as well. Yeah. And um, again, putting the pieces of the puzzle together, if you're saying on average, clinically people, the um, water going through the system is up to about 90 minutes, then you're empowering people that if you do have incontinence, maybe you're looking at those kind of time frames. Okay, I'm going right, to really right. hydrate and for the next hour because I know after that, you know, I have an hour and a half before I need to go be somewhere. Right. Um, so I'm not sure how much you can quote me on that one. <laughs> it may have to be, it may be, um, it, it may be individual, you yes. know, um, bio individuality is something. Yes. Um, if they're on diuretics, it may be a little bit different for that too. Right. But still, I mean, kind but of keeping that in mind. Yeah. Yes. Experiment, experiment and see what, how, how long it takes. Um, but I don't think we should ever dismiss water and fluid intake. So, but one of the things I like to do to, and then kind of go into some different points that I have of helping our body get enough fluid is even making some teas that are relaxing at nighttime can be nice. So chamomile is a great relaxing tea. Sometimes called it, it's like a nerving. Maybe you, you and your loved one with dinner have some chamomile tea. So maybe you don't have it much later. Um, but if, if, you know, getting up in the night to go to the restroom isn't a caregiver's is much concern. I can drink a lot of water before I go to bed and I'm fine. Um, or maybe when you feel stressed during the day, having a little bit of a chance to have a breather. Um, I have tea time often. I probably drink four or five cups of different herbal teas throughout the day. Um, lemon balm is another really nice one that kind of helps soothe and ease anxiety. Um, but if you can't drink something as a tea, there are some tinctures that you can buy, which is like a dropper full it's um, the, the lemon balm or some passion flowers, also really nice. Can be um, milky oats, is another something that's distilled from oats that can be nice to use just a in a tiny bit of liquid before bedtime. So you don't have to drink very much. Um, but it's also nice to make a tea out of that if you can stand the liquid. So I'm going to take another drink for a moment. I hope you all are hearing this. Bethany practices what she preaches. <laughs> 
I try to. Water's not always easy, and I don't always feel thirsty. So sometimes I even have to set a timer to remind myself it's time to, to drink. So, Is um, it just on your phone? Like yes, kind of like, like a hydration reminder? Absolutely. I love summoning Siri and saying, hey, Siri, add a reminder to take a drink at you know whatever time. Or, hey, Siri, set timer for water at for one hour or something like that. I love using the alarms on my phone for that kind of thing. They're good for yourself and, and loved ones. Caregivers often feel like um, self-care. Can you hear me all right? Um. Siri just told me they weren't able to create my reminder. Apparently, I did some in Siri. So. <laughs> I can't hear you for a minute, Melissa. Oh, that is so funny. That's hilarious. She was listening. Siri was listening. Yes. But what I was saying was that um, caregivers often feel like self-care is, is more, one more thing to put on the list. Mm -hmm. Little things like this, like a little bit more hydration and water with a little tiny reminder throughout the day, um, are like really small pieces yes. of the puzzle that you can you can start easily, and they may really make a huge difference. Yes. So, and if you share it with the person you love, you take a drink at the same time as they are, mm -hmm. or you have a cup of calming tea when they do. Mm -hmm. um, it, it can benefit both of you. So, one of my other favorite things that I love using, and usually one of my first line of defenses, is some magnesium, which is a mineral to help our body with relaxation. Um, it helps relax the muscles. It helps our body metabolize or break down that stress hormone cortisol and help can, can help us get to deeper levels of sleep. So one thing that you can do at nighttime, you can take some magnesium and you can give some to your loved one. If that's, you know, work through their doctor, you probably need to make sure with meds and everything, it's fine. But usually it's a very safe mineral to use. We tend to be I mean, there's some, some studies indicate about 50% of America does not get enough magnesium in. Mm. Um, there are many different types of magnesium out there, though, and some people might say, well, I've tried magnesium, and it doesn't work for me, or it tends to give me um, more bowel issues. So it can cause looser stools if it's not the right kind. The kind of magnesium that I like to use if we are taking it orally is a, a magnesium glycinate or a bisglycinate. It's a chemical form that helps um, actually can cross the blood-brain barrier and affect our neuromuscular um, function as well. It helps us relax. And a lot of people have told me, I, my goodness, I don't, this is like magic. I cannot believe I'm sleeping so well. Um, but I have so, a, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say with this is how I'm, how important it is to really work with somebody like Bethany and your healthcare provider. Cause I'm sure you probably collaborate with the, the doctors and stuff, mm -hmm. or, or you're looking at what they're saying for your yeah. clients as you're building this um, plan together for your mm -hmm. clients. So sometimes maybe it's easy to go out and get a supplement, but like you're saying, if it's not the right supplement, a, right. a professional can really help you put the, pieces of the puzzle together yes help customize and just because it is a natural substance does not mean that it is safe and I always have to emphasize that um, because it can ha there can be natural substances that interfere with your medications and or a loved one's medication and and you have to be super careful so it's always good to keep a list of what you're doing naturally for someone usually a tea is a very safe form mm -hmm. to use it's very mild a cup of tea is really not going to affect anyone that much 
um, for the most part. So that's a safe thing to start. But if you start going over very much from a nutritional supplement standpoint, then it can start to interfere with medications or you at least need to make sure you're telling your doctor about it, even though they may say, I, I don't know. Um, I do look at medications for my clients though and review those and make sure if there's nothing interfering. Uh, magnesium generally is pretty safe. Again, the B vitamins that we talked about are pretty safe. Um, to start with though at low doses if you start going very high it can be a problem but I like to have there's a capsule form of magnesium that I'll link in show notes and also um, I have a powder that's kind of helps the body with relaxing and regulating hormones and it has it's nice because um, if someone can't swallow pills very well this powder has a little bit of a sweet taste so you can put it in just a tiny bit of liquid or you can put in a little bit of applesauce something that you could take and your loved one could take it has the magnesium in it in the right form, but also has something called inositol, which is one of our B vitamin families, which helps our body to regulate some of those neurotransmitters. So that's one of the ones that people have said, oh, wow, I have slept so well since I've been taking this. Um, so that's one of the ones I'll, I'll share because I think it's, it's even safe for children and pregnant women to take. So that's, it's very mild, but has a big effect. Um, but sometimes when we're stressed out, not sometimes, when we're stressed out, our body tends to burn through more magnesium. Mm. So we often as women will crave chocolate. And mm -hmm. <laughs> dark chocolate can be a really great source of magnesium. So that's really? a nice. Yeah, absolutely. I, I approve of dark chocolate. I love my dark chocolate. What, what yes. percentage? Like I'm at, I like 72. Do you yeah. recommend Some that or higher? 72 is okay, 85, 72, 85. Some people don't okay. like that dark, bitter taste. That's okay. I, um, I love the brand Co chocolate. It's, a, it's an organic chocolate that doesn't have any soy in it. I tend to be very sensitive to soy, lecithin, which is used in a lot of chocolates. So um, a lot of times those are found in like the natural organic sections of the stores. But anything, yeah, 72, 85, somewhere in there is fine. Um, I, find the, I find the 90 to be like yeah, no sweetness. <laughs> yes. But what yes. about the caffeine in the chocolate? Yeah. So I would say if you're sensitive to caffeine, let's keep that before 12 o'clock as well, or, you know, have that after lunch is your treat. And then you're kind of finished for the day. If you're, if you're sensitive, um, some people aren't as much though. So some people can do a little bit of chocolate in the evening, but they just don't need to be drinking, you know, Coke or coffee or that type of thing. So it, it depends upon your individual threshold. I have a question and you may get to this with what you're, where you're going, but one, is there such a thing as like faux sleep where you think you're sleeping and you're not? Or two, where you're, again, like you're, you think you're sleeping and then the caffeine and all these things are keeping you from getting good sleep? How mm -hmm. do you determine that? And is well, that a thing? Oh, it is a thing. Absolutely. That's a great question. So there are five levels of sleep, I think, with level five being that REM or the REM sleep, which is that deep restorative sleep. And... Um, I think when you're kind of just hovering at the surface, I kind of think about just, just kind of, you know, you're dozing, like, but you're not getting deep sleep. You're not going to wake up feeling refreshed and renewed. Um, you may go a whole night and wake up after eight hours and still don't feel like you slept. So um, I think even some of the sleep aids that are out there, a lot of the popular sleep drugs can inhibit people from going into those deep cycles of sleep, or we don't really know if they're hitting those deep cycles. Even if they go to sleep, they may not get a lot of REM sleep. Hmm. Um, so the body kind of fluctuates in and out of those cycles throughout the night. It's not like you go down this level and then you stay in a hole. Um, so it goes in and out, up and down some, but, um, I think you just, I think you might, a lot of times would just wake up and, and realize that you have not, you don't feel like you've slept all night, even if you've technically been asleep. 
Um, so uh, some of these nutrients that we've talked about help the body enter into the deeper levels of sleep um, and, and not feel groggy when you wake up either, which is an important. You don't need to be feeling groggy, especially as a caregiver. You don't need something to just knock you out and, and hypnotize you so that you can't pay attention. But I think if you're also constantly on high alert, if you have someone who's living with you, if you're caregiving for them, um, when I've had like my grandmother who's not living any longer but stayed with me a few years ago, I can remember feeling like almost like I had a baby in the house and I'm, I'm on the listen out for her as well. So I do know that sometimes there's not a whole lot you can do if you're on the high alert mm -hmm. um, and maybe even trading out with someone if you can, who can listen out in the nighttime. But um, I think you're not going to enter that deep sleep if your body's kind of in the, the fight or flight mode in that stressed out mode. You just can't go to the like deep, relax and regulate and, and even reproduce mode, which not everybody's in that mode, but um, you can't be in both places at one time. Yeah. So um, I remember my, I have stopped wearing it, but I had a Fitbit that kind of measured my sleep patterns mm -hmm. um, and I could probably go charge it up and start using it. And are those effective like in tracking sleep and really giving you a good reading about how, what kind of quality sleep you're getting? I don't know but as much about the Fitbit. Um, I tend to try to stay away from a lot of electronics on the body as much as possible. They may give you some data. Mm -hmm. um, and I think some people have, I also know there's something called the Aura Ring, O-U-R-A, that I've not bought, but you can wear as well. You don't want Wi-Fi going on. And I think with Fitbit, you don't necessarily have that. You just have some electronic tracking. So it may be at least helpful for you to know how many times you're waking up in the night. You may not even realize it. So maybe kind of use it as an audit versus something that you wear every single night, maybe a few yeah. times a month. Um, I really like that as an audit because really one of the reasons why I stopped wearing it was because it was uncomfortable to have that on my yes. arm like every single night. Yes. If it's something that bothers you and you're kind of, your subconscious is like, I don't like this, then you, mm -hmm. it's going to keep you awake, which is not helpful. Um, but in terms of electronics in general, even just the smallest amount of artificial light or even natural light coming in your window sometimes can be enough to really inhibit the body from producing melatonin, which is that hormone that regulates our sleep and wake cycle. Um, and I've had clients who realized, oh, my neighbor's lights are getting in my window and it's affecting me. And this is a, a woman who's younger in life, affecting my menstrual cycles. And so mm -hmm. even just stopping up that light with blackout curtains and taking out any type of um, artificial light in the room, covering it over with duct tape if you have to. Like we have an alarm that has little bitty buttons of lights that can bother us tonight. So I've, I've covered over that. Um, and unplugging as many electronics in the room as possible. That gives a lot of input to the brain that it's having to deal with when you're trying to go to sleep. So getting things darkened and even around 8 or 9 p.m., start dimming the lights. Maybe after dinner, start dimming the lights, turning on lamps. I tend to be kind of irritated with overhead lights, and I'll go, like, shutting off main lights in our house and turning on lamps because it just – I think it just bothers me, and my husband laughs at me. But it does help the calm-down mood. So if you can dim things, calm things – um, eliminate as many electronic inputs and inputs as you can. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I mean, we can't get away from talking about blue light on the phone, right? Um, right or computer right. or TV, which people falling asleep to the TV is so common. And, and I mean, they wake up at 12 o'clock at night and the TV's still going and they're asleep on the couch. Mm -hmm. um, so if someone's wearing glasses, they can get, if they don't want to turn off the TV and they can't get away from the blue light, um, getting a blue blocker film on their prescription glasses can be helpful. 
If they're not wearing glasses, you can buy these really fun, geeky looking like orange lens glasses to help block that blue light. But mm -hmm. the blue light that we get from electronics really disrupts our sleep-wake cycle. Um, but conversely, our natural light in the morning, which is something another thing that we can do for ourselves, getting ourselves outside for 10 to 15 minutes first thing in the morning and or loved one, if we can do that, let's go outside and have our, if we're going to have morning coffee, have our morning coffee or eat our breakfast by an open window. Mm. Easier in the summertime, not as, not as easy in the wintertime. Well, we, we can do some... Um, full spectrum light bulbs in the winter. And that's one of the mm -hmm. things I'll put on our, our um, resource sheet for today. But getting that full spectrum light can kind of almost like putting the reset button up on your computer can help reset that circadian rhythm so that you want to go to sleep at nighttime. Is it just the light or is it also like the fresh air and stuff that helps? Fresh air is great, but light is that light hitting your eyes is what we think resets that rhythm. But no, fresh air is so important. So, and being outside to get vitamin D is a completely different thing. So um, we need that as well. But even the light, um, even a full spectrum light can have an impact, even if you're not outdoors. So if it's too, too trouble, troublesome to get outside. Have you ever seen issues with people who have vision issues like macular degeneration if that like sleep cycle issues? Have you ever had any clients mm. that had that problem because their question. optical not. nerve isn't getting the light? Yeah, I have not had a client with that condition. I haven't researched that. It's a great question. I need to look into that one because I see me wonder. Bethany is is such a research amazing guru that I promise you, if you call her after this episode, she's going to have an answer to that. <laughs> she's going to know. Going to bother me. <laughs> but that is a really good question. I just haven't thought. Most of my clients aren't quite to that stage of right. Doing right, that. right. But it is a, that is a really good question. I have seen a lot of research though. Um, I was looking up today on some PubMed things about giving in a long-term care facility in Italy and the effect of giving B vitamins and magnesium and actually some zinc to patients with insomnia. And regardless of the cause, the um, administration of these vitamins helped improve their quality of sleep and quality of life. Mm, so it was interesting yeah. to see that they had even um, done that with you know our very elderly population. But I know across the board it helps you know, it helps my clients when we start on just a good basic multivitamin and some of those kind of things. So, right. Because if you're having trouble, I, I've seen, I think there's probably something to that because I've even seen those commercials for medications that mm -hmm. helps with the disorder for blind people called non-24 non where their cycles get mixed up. But I'm thinking if you have like macular degeneration mm -hmm. um, and you don't have that optical nerve input going on, that countering that with other aids and mm -hmm. assistance it could you know help if yes. that's an issue so again that's yes. probably something to talk to your eye doctors about if you have yes. a loved one that's that's dealing with that but that's um that's definitely something to think about yes and that in in that instance too um so if they're not able to make melatonin response so like the, melatonin is made um in the dark so mm -hmm. um, if they're not able to get the, the light, it's not necessarily going to, uh, I need to sift through that one. But we also know that magnesium can kind of be a stand-in if your body can't make melatonin. Um, it's a precursor to it and helps with some of the manufacturing process. But we can also, we can give some melatonin, which a lot of people know about melatonin over the counter. Sometimes it can be too much. Um, 
it can make, make people feel groggy in the morning. So I don't often reach for melatonin as my first line of support. I usually use, pull some other things in first and then maybe we'll give some melatonin. Um, even some of the testing I do helps me to see is the body making enough. And if it's making enough, there's really not a whole reason to give a lot of extra, but as we age, we do decrease production of melatonin in general. So sometimes for, um, you know, more of the elderly population, giving a few drops, there's a kind that I like that's kind of dissolved in an oil. It doesn't take much more than a few drops on their tongue. It can be effective to help them without overdosing. Um, it can be a very natural way to kind of help and, and I guess, bring on some of that deeper sleep. So That's great. Trying to think through, I feel like there's so many things that I could say about um, about sleep and some of the things yeah. you need to do from a lifestyle. I, I just I think everything that you're saying is it's so appropriate for both the caregiver and the one that they're caring for. And yes. I have so many um, amazing women that reach out to me because they want to take care of their loved one and they <laughs> feel like I need to take care of my loved one. They're the priority. And this is a gift that really can help them both, you know, yes. and it, like you said, if you want to do something for them and help them sleep better by making them a nice relaxing tea, you know, as they're going to bed, how easy is it for you both to drink Absolutely. that tea? Yeah. How easy is it for in the morning to um, wake up and, and go on a walk? You're both walking, mm -hmm. you're both getting that sunlight. How yes. easy is it? that you're cueing them to drink water, well, them seeing you drink water is going to help them drink the water. So this is something yeah. that it is so equally beneficial absolutely, um, for both people that are doing it. Yes, I, I certainly agree. And I, I think doing something together is a good thing. It, we can easily think about just kind of acting for the other individual, but you're so much better of a caregiver if you're a, even a little bit more rested. <laughs> Um, and yes. there's no harm in taking a tiny bit of a nap in the afternoon if you need mm -hmm. to. Um, I try to keep it away from like like one to two or two to three time frame. A little bit of like a 20-minute power nap can go really far in helping to energize us for the rest of the day. I would rather have people take a quick power nap than reach for some caffeine or mm -hmm. some sugar. Like take, if you can, take a little bit of a nap first. Um, and, and that's not going to throw things too far off the track. But Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Um, this is just so powerful uh, and I really appreciate you sharing. Are there any other tips with insomnia that you want to walk us through today? Um, first, I've got some fun foods that really help with our, our bodies, production oh, of melatonin, yes. things like that. And then if people are wanting to dig deeper, I have a few thoughts and ideas on that one too. Um, if you're trying to figure out like what's going on with your body or some, or your loved one's body. Um, but some of the foods that help our body with melatonin would be oats, um, we've already mentioned oat pod, but oats or oatmeal, like making some homemade oatmeal at night can be a nice bedtime snack for someone. Um, you can put some dried cherries in there, which cherries are a great form of melatonin. Like I think one of the only natural sources of melatonin um, or a little bit of tart cherry juice. You could store, um, store some of the magnesium compound I mentioned in there. Um, walnuts are also very nice to have um, to help our body with some melatonin. And it kind of sounds to me like there's a cookie that we could be making out yeah, of Yeah, I'm kind of I'm, I'm seeing this that I've written down. I'm like, mm, that sounds really good. Cherry I mean, walnut. can you imagine like like mm -hmm. an oatmeal kind of cherry mm -hmm. dark chocolate walnut cookie yes. with a nice warm glass of milk? Yeah, that sounds great. So you can <laughs> even make a no bake cookie bite, or you could make like a baked oatmeal with cherry. And if I think early I see in the day with some dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. here. <laughs> That just sounds um, so delicious. Yes. Bananas help our body's production of serotonin. 
So serotonin is that, that landing gear that we mentioned, that airplane landing gear, which we need to make melatonin. Um, also, cultured foods can help our body. The gut-brain connection is huge. And I haven't even gotten into that one, but um, yogurts are nice. It helps with a lot of other things as well. But kefir, which is kind of like the champagne of yogurt, um, those don't have caffeine. Another one I do like that has some caffeine in it is called kombucha, which is a cultured mm-hmm. tea. That's a fun thing to have earlier in the day. That might be something that you and your loved one can enjoy together. I usually start really small with cultured foods if someone hasn't been used to them a lot because they can um, be a little bit more uncomfortable if you have some some gut imbalances going on. Um, there's lots of other culture things. Sauerkraut is another great thing, but that those cultured foods can help the the gut with production of the neurotransmitters and, and help with sleep ultimately. Um, and then healthy fats too can be very grounding and supportive. So um, that might be something that's just in general helps with increased calorie intake, nourishing fats like avocados and walnuts and those types of things that can be um, a nice even thing to pull in for a bedtime snack. So you and your loved one could both have something like that, but I definitely think a cookie or muffin or bite. Maybe that's something mm. I come up with before our resource page hits the blog. So yeah, because I'm sure chocolate. if you have like an alternative so that it's slightly sweet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but not like overdoing on any kind of sugar, high fructose right. or whatever. Um, right. Corn I like syrup. A, I use a lot of, going on. yeah, maple syrup, maple mm-hmm. syrup or honey. I use a lot, but even things like dates in a, in a no bite mm-hmm. cookie bite mm-hmm. can be helpful. So, or raisins, if you don't have those. Well, what about dried cherries? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Dried cherries in the oatmeal can be good or just having that as a snack with a handful of walnuts can be helpful. So I, I'm in hungry. love with this, this cookie idea. Yes. I think I want to try this. <laughs> Anything with oats. So that's, uh, it's great for people who want to go like need to go gluten free as well because you can buy the gluten free oats. Most people love oats. So yeah. Okay. So also I was just thinking, cause I have cocoa nibs. Mm-hmm. Is that something that's good for you and that you could put into something like this? Yeah, the cocoa or the cacao nibs are a great source that's of magnesium. That's what it's like, not cocoa nibs, the cacao. <laughs> yeah, they have a little bit more of a bitter taste. For some people who haven't tried that, they're crunchy. So if people have trouble chewing, it might not be their first line. You can also buy cacao powder, which is an un, um, unheated form of chocolate. Lots of magnesium in that. I use cacao all the time. That goes in my morning smoothie with banana and mm-hmm. some whey protein, um, grass-fed whey that I really like. So that's a great way to get some magnesium earlier in the day. But the cacao nibs add a good crunch. If you can stand a little bit of caffeine at night, that's fine to add to the cookie. So <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and if, if people want to dig a little bit deeper, if you're thinking, hmm, I just need, I need someone on my side to help me figure out some things, I'm wanting to see what's going on, um, I do a, a deep dive with you to see, do we need to investigate things like your gut health? We need to do some comprehensive stool testing. Um, do we need to see if there's foods that are maybe causing some inflammation for your body? And I have some anecdotal stories. I have a, a client who was taking care of a mom who was in uh, early 100s and uh, she was going to see her every day. And she was just, this client was dealing with a lot of inflammation on her own. And uh, we found out that black pepper was keeping her awake at night. So even black pepper and the last ingredient on the list of a food was causing insomnia for her. So it's just the strangest thing sometimes that can can cause, um, well, can affect our brain and with inflammation and that can cause our body to stay awake. So a lot of times I, I work through clients with a, uh, an immune calming food plan and in the ten, first 10 to 14 days, sleep is usually one of the very first things to improve. Um, they've told me, Bethany, I've, I haven't slept as good in decades um, mm. when we just, 
kind of calm the body down and help it to take a deep, deep breath. So I help people kind of do explore a little bit more on that if that's something they need to pursue. We also, I do a very intense nutrient test to see what are your B vitamins looking like? How's your zinc and copper ratio? Do we need some more magnesium? Is there anything else that's kind of causing an imbalance that may be um, affecting your energy level and your deep sleep? Um, those are just some helpful tools for us to see. Maybe it's adrenal glands. Maybe we need to go down that area. You're so depleted because you've been giving, giving. So um, we can we can dig a little bit deeper. If some of the some of the first things don't work, and you've tried some obvious solutions. Maybe it's time for a little bit more help. So. That's why I'm happy to help. I work virtually with clients throughout the Southeast. That is fantastic. And thank you. I mean, the I've learned so much today, which I am a sponge. I love learning. <laughs> um, but I do, I do a lot of research and a lot of reading. And you still gave me so much knowledge okay. today. I'm not, not that, you know, I think that some of us who are always out there gleaning and gathering and we, um, we think we know more than we really do. So, well, there's so always so much this. to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You think I mean, sleep is, is a simple topic, but it's, it's not. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that it's so necessary. It's a part of why we're human. And, yes. um, and we don't need to ignore it. We don't need to ignore it. And you gave us powerful and easy to implement tips today and i thank you for that i promise you i will be um eating this oatmeal cookie concoction <laughs> soon and that i'm going to be drinking a lot more water and looking into some of the other great advice you have given us so that sounds great i appreciate you thank having you me. Bethany. sounds like i need to hit hit the kitchen so yeah, yeah. So uh, everybody, I just encourage you check out the show notes, check out Bethany's website, um, all of her information. I mean, not only like working with you one on one, but you just have so much value with what you put out there for people for free consumption. Um, you give so much information that I really just appreciate that and that you also, you know, how much you really just collaborate with people to find out what works for them. And you don't just stop with, hey, here's a pill, right? That's how our medical culture is. Here's a yeah. pill for that symptom. It's like, no, let's let's really dive deep and let's figure this out. Let's research yeah. it and let's fix it. So Absolutely. that's wonderful. Yeah. So I would love you. to have you all. Mm -hmm. I was just gonna say thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been wonderful. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And I live at ingrainedliving.com. Um, which is my main website, but also my food blog, which is lots of other yummy recipes at a spoonful, F-U-L-L, of yum.com if you're interested in adding there. But thanks for having me, Melissa. This is lots of fun. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey, and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.